Metro episode 53 Liam here with Chris and Greg Rebels lose 1-0 on the road to the Chicago Fire and own goal from Tim Parker is the difference in the end and this Saturday the Red Bulls have Minnesota United to rebound on and that will be at 7 p.m. so guys I mean how's it going how's your week going week's going by alright it's flying by yeah. but I can't complain Chris, you went to the spa today. I did. That was great. The You have the view of New York City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is it? Is it in Jersey City? No, it's in Edgewater. It's like right past Fort Lee, right over the bridge. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it's totally worth it? It's totally worth it. Do they have a bar there? I so think you- they do, but I did not go. Okay. Wow, you're lame. Just I know, I must be. <laughs> free advertising for them, right? Right off the, the beginning of our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, all right, let's get into the game. Uh, <laughs> the Red Bulls lose one nothing to Chicago. Uh, lineup comes out, and the difference was that Kamar was in the lineup. I guess we could just start there. How did you think Kamar looked? I thought Kamara looked pretty good. Um, I thought there were a few times where he had some clearances that I don't think Lade would have been there to make. Um, the one over the bar? You could, yeah. Yeah. That one, and then there was another back post one. There were a couple back post ones, I feel like, but um, he's, you could definitely tell the difference between him and Lade and just the drop-off that we have after Kamara left back. Was it me, guys, or that maybe at least in the very early going that Kamar was getting really involved going forward? Mm, Thought it was a good sign. Was... Not much happened other than that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he leaves in the 81st minute, and apparently it was just a precaution. It was pretty late anyway, so why take the risk? But, you know, thankfully he's back. And I think, you know, he just proves every single time, you know, why he's so valuable to this team. All right. So from there, where do you guys want to go? Because there's, there's a couple of places that we could talk about, a couple of concerns, really. Uh, you guys I mean, tell me what, what's on your matter. mind, guys. What's on your mind? There's like no creativity in the team whatsoever. Let's go, Let's go. yeah. That's There's no sure. creativity in the team whatsoever. It's just what's your diagnosis? back and forth just to see. Why is it? I don't know. I guess Kaku really isn't playing like, I mean, I don't want to say, like the first half of last year, he was pretty decent. You know, he's had a, he had a bunch of assists in the first half of last year. I mean, I know the season just started, but I feel like you could notice it without him there. But, like, even with him there, like, against Chicago, he was just – he's just not – definitely not worth the price tag. And we don't really have somebody else that creates besides him. Let me ask you, do you think that the whole – 
you know, he wanted to move. He wanted to go to Club America. He wants to leave the team. Do you think that that is weighing into his performances? I think so, because his, ever since this whole thing came out, he hasn't had a great game. He's just, you know, been just decent and kind of just there. He hasn't really done anything the whole season so far. So I think that is definitely in the back of his head and him with all his Twitter nonsense every day is just just maybe adding to it, which is why that I think that by January he'll be gone. No, yeah. I mean, possibly even the summer. Yeah. Greg, I know you're <laughs> – you always see these things and you get really upset, the tweets and stuff. And I think that, I mean, I think we can hope that he's not going to do it again or anymore. But um, what do you think of just his temperament right now? I just, it seems childish. I mean, you're a professional athlete. You were the club's biggest signing. I don't know why he has to like, Put up all these like cryptic tweets and then he gets mad when like someone takes that out of proportion well don't like tweet out these cryptic tweets when like the relationship is already like relatively rocky and his message right now is the best is still to come and we would hope so because there's been a couple of pretty bad performances from him i think just looking at it, there's a couple of things. I don't even know, essentially, if it is entirely him. Uh, I'm thinking about writing a piece. I don't know if anybody's really done it, looking into it. But just the change in his usage and just looking at from Marsh to Armis, there's definitely been a difference in the way that Kaku's been used. And that's pretty much when he stopped giving out the assists and stop scoring even I well from my point of view I think it's just that he's coming out to wide areas too often he's not you know in the middle of the field where the Red Bulls you know need to have a playmaker there playing balls in behind the back line I noticed during the game that you know outside the 18 yard box outside the the little half circle um, at the top, like, there's nobody ever in that area that's on the ball. BWP might be there trying to make a run across the back line, but nobody's in that zone, in that position to take a shot on goal, to, you know, I don't play a, play a ball to one of the wingers. I, I just feel like that's a reason why we're not getting the most out of Kaku. Greg, do you? I mean, I, mean, yeah, I guess, it, nah, you know what, nah, I don't agree with that, because every time he gets on the ball, he just seems like, I don't want to say lazy, but, I mean, he, he can't seem to string a couple passes together, and I don't care, you know, where you're playing, if you're supposed to be one of the best players on the team, you should be able to just be able to string together at least a few passes, even if you're coming from wider positions, I mean, passing is passing. I feel you. And I feel like those moments come in transition. I always think whenever the ball comes to Kaku and then they have space to run and maybe that front line of BWP and, you know, the wingers are, you know, 15, 20 yards away from him, he, he 
picks up his dribble and he just wants to play a through ball. He just wants to make an incredible pass when he could hold on to the ball or he can make the simple pass. And I feel like that's where we see like a lot of his his balls go astray. That's something I picked up on in the Chicago game. I mean, it was very apparent. So behind him, Sean Davis and Mark Shakovsky. I don't know if they've really had that great of a game. Chris, I know you kind of want to see Christian Caceres. Do you think that partnership is working, and do you think Caceres could make that much of a difference? I think what you just said about the the whole like outside shot thing, like we know the Red Bulls don't take outside shots. Honestly, like if you look at the starting eleven, like right now, Bradley Wright Phillips probably takes the most shots from outside the box. But but I think you kind of have two ways to go with this. If you take out Chakovsky and put in Caceres, you get another you know creative midfielder in there that could kind of help out Kaku, maybe create something, but also if you take Shikovsky out, then that totally eliminates your outside shots. And you're just kind of relying on Kaku and your wingers to create. So, I mean, the way they're playing against Orlando and Chicago, you know, no goals scored, two losses, and it's just the creativity is not there. So I would try out Caceres next to Davis. Yeah. I I do think that that's a problem. It's kind of hard to just say, like, you know, if we start doing this, the offense is going to start rolling. But it's definitely a thing where it's like, look at San Jose. You know, Bradley Wright Phillips takes a shot from outside the 18. It spills and it leads to an Alex Muel goal. I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, personally me, I just think that Tchaikovsky's good in a, playing the six. Um, he's somewhat inconsistent there even, but I think he's better there than at the eight. I almost would like Sean to see Sean in higher positions. What about you, Greg? No, I don't think Shikovsky's a six. He's just not good defensively enough. And even on the ball, I feel like he just can't really like spray the ball around like that or just like kind of be the, the guy who's keeping the momentum going in the midfield. Uh, I think he's better going forward, although we haven't seen that from him lately. I think his work rate's kind of underrated, and that doesn't really necessarily mean that he's a good defensive player, but I like that part of his game, and sometimes you notice like it doesn't really seem like he had you know that great of a game or that he wasn't in that many spots, but then you look at the stats and he had a bunch of defensive actions but Going forward, I see what you're saying. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot there either. Um, so I just think he's very inconsistent. Um, before we get into Bradley Wright Phillips, um, Chris Armis hasn't really made too many changes with the 11. I mean, it's been, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's the same as it was last year, really, minus Tyler leaving. Why do you think he's been hesitant? Do you think he should even change it up? or And um, how do you even see this team looking down the line? 
then I don't know how they'll look down the line. That's a, that's a very tough question because you don't know if Kaku leaves, if mm-hmm. we bring in another DP this summer, like injury, stuff like that. So it's tough to say, but uh, I mean, I just feel like we should at least see more of Jorgensen. Uh, BWP obviously has gotten off to a slow start, and I don't think it's necessarily indicative of him having a decline season. I just think he's having a slow start. He doesn't look fully fit. Doesn't seem to be pressing as much. So give the 18-year-old kid a, a run. You know, it's early on in the season. There's a lot less pressure. He has more time to get integrated into the team. So, so that would be your one change that you want to see. I mean, it's not even necessarily like don't start BWP, but maybe play him 60 minutes if it's not working. Take him off or take off someone else and bring on Jorgensen. Like last game. Jorgensen had 20 minutes, which is a little more, but even then I feel like he didn't really get on the ball much because the Red Bulls were just looking across it. Yeah. And off that point, I just thought it was very weird how Chris Armas brought in Jorgensen in the 71st minute. He took our, he took off Mark Shakowski. And it's just, I feel like some games aren't going well, and then... Chris Armas is just like, let me get my best attacking players or most impactful attacking players on the field. And formation just kind of goes by the wayside. Shape is kind of non-existent sometimes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. Chris, what do you think? I'd ideally like... I'd Andreas like to see... Ivan. Sarius and Ivan come in <laughs> yeah. for Shakovsky and Wheel. Mm-hmm. I know Wheel is good on the defensive side, but I just think that Ivan's game is different. And especially if we can't score against Orlando and Chicago, like I think that scoring the ball and creating chances is a problem. And if you bring Ivan in, it's not another guy who likes to take outside shots. So, and I agree with Greg. I think you can't bench BWP, but I think that, you know, 60, 70th minute, if nothing's happening, give Ivan, give um, Jorgensen at least 20 minutes to do something. So the Caceres, Ivan, and Jorgensen, I think, would be changes. Yeah. Because honestly, like, Bezicourt's great, but I feel like he's had a couple chances already, and nothing has changed from Sean and Bezicourt to Sean and Shakovsky. Well, I mean, when... Beza has gotten some playing time. He's been playing at the 10. I think you can argue that he's been better at the 10 than Kaku has been. And it's very early on. Um, Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Vincent is that he is a Swiss Army knife and you could really play him anywhere. So I think there's going to be chances for him still. And I think he can perform in a lot of different ways. Um. But yeah, let's get into BWP and what we saw from him against Chicago, and then we'll kind of move on. How did you guys see him playing? What are the issues that we're still continuing to see from him? Well, I think the first thing that he sees, he just doesn't he doesn't seem to press as much. Um, when on the ball, he just seems very lackadaisical. Uh, he gave away the ball a couple of times. He drops, I feel like he's dropping a lot deeper too to receive the ball, but then there's no one making runs forward. So it's just like, it's not hard to defend it when there's no one making a run. 
Yeah, I've I've noticed that a lot actually. Like he'll literally drop to like playing like in between like a six and an eight. Like he'll drop to like center midfield to get a ball and then nobody will be making a run on the wings and he's just he just gets the ball taken or you know, he just loses it and he just gets frustrated. But that's where I think the wingers need to make runs and now at Kamar back you have somebody making that overlapping run or something. Yeah, I think BWP just looks a step off right now. And a lot of veteran players, and I think it's just across sports, I might have even made this point in the last show, it's just who knows if he even wanted to come into camp or, you know, come into the season at tip-top shape because – it wears on you, and by the end of the season, you might not be able to give everything that you want. I could be wrong. It could just be that age is catching up with him, but maybe he came into this year and wanted to kind of ease into it. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll kind of we'll leave it at that, and we'll see how he does. It's Minnesota. I'd like to think that he could – Get a goal in there against Minnesota. We'll talk about that in a bit. Let's just talk about Chicago Fire since we're kind of somewhat talking about them. They're going to rebrand. What do you think the potential rebrand and was it really needed? I don't know if the rebrand was needed, but I think, uh, I don't know if where they were playing was really the best location because obviously their attendance seemed terrible. Yeah, it's uh, just judging from the last game, I mean, it's a midday game, I get it, but it just seemed pretty empty. I think Chicago Fire, I mean, they're one of the original teams, so I don't really see them to rebrand. I wouldn't want them to rebrand just because it is kind of nostalgic. And on the face of it, it isn't necessarily like you're looking at it and saying, wow, this is really outdated. This is very MLS 1.0. It's it's not like you're looking at the old Dallas Burn logo or the Kansas City Wiz. It's, you know, I think Chicago Fire, the Crest, everything's still pretty nice, but it's just tough when, you know, you created a whole brand so long ago and the aims were just so different at marketing and and you know putting that stadium there and and the type of crowds that they wanted to bring in it's clearly not the crowd that you know mls has come to a consensus saying that that's you know the crowd that we need um it was very much geared to you know suburban people and you know you know kids it was like a family atmosphere and and they're not really in chicago proper i do think they need a rebrand somehow and um they need to move and that would be a big big plan for them and it would take years i just don't know if that's changing the name or doing anything like that's gonna get people to the stadium and get people excited about the chicago about chicago again Yeah, I don't, I don't know really. I mean, they just built the same what two thousand like six, seven around there. Yeah. The stadium was built, so it kind of sucks from a money perspective because like, I'm sure they spent a lot of money on that stadium, and now they want to move out and move to a football stadium, which we know 
people at MLS don't want that because the stadium's just going to look even more empty. Yeah. So it's just, it sucks. I mean, they have, you could argue they have bigger name players than we do. We're now with Schweinsteiger, Gaetan, Nikolic, you could argue, but. Dax. Yeah, hmm. Dax is there. They have, you know, they have players. It's just, I think you're right about the whole suburb thing, and that's kind of the problem with with these MLS teams, like, not playing in their actual city. Like, Philly plays in Chester, you know. It's another example of that, but maybe for the future MLS teams, like, now Inter-Miami want to play, like, 40 minutes away from Miami. Like, maybe that's the problem. They need to stay within, you know, a reasonable distance. Yeah. And I, it's just, it sucks because you're seeing these new teams come into MLS and they have all the right resources and all the right ideas because MLS has made so much progress that they can do these things. And now the older teams are just struggling because they had to make tough decisions, decisions that they probably didn't want to have to make so early on. But, you know, now... Chicago Fire seem pretty irrelevant in that area and they seem like kind of a stale franchise. So another team kind of struggling with attendance and we don't really talk about it because I don't know. I mean, it kind of is what it is and there's not much you can do about it. Uh, Franco Panizo sat down with Mark de Grand Prix to talk about attendance really in a piece that he put out today, Mark de Grand Prix basically saying that, yeah, we haven't hit some of our plans. He came in here uh, in a second stint saying that in five years they wanted to fill the stadium and have every game basically be a sellout. And he acknowledges that that's been a failure. At the same time, he, he says, you know, there's just been a lot of, uh, challenges and to be honest there's a lot of success that you could look at and say look at the numbers and say we're doing just as good as the Knicks and some NHL teams as far as how many people are getting to the games I mean you could look at the percentage of the stadium filled and know that that's not exactly meaningful but what do you guys think about attendance? I, there's been a decline. Is it something that should concern fans? I don't think attendance, like, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's like, I feel like the MLS is like the only league where people really talk about attendance that much. Because where attendance a, seems to be more important than results. Yeah, if you look at Serie A, attendance is not good there. Up. And I don't know, Chris, you're in tune to Italian soccer. Are there discussions about attendance? I mean, the only time they'll discuss attendance is Napoli has a problem because they want to get out of Stadio San Paolo, and I think that they deserve a new stadium. And I think Roma, Lazio, and Milan Inter, they're kind of fighting for the same thing. They don't really have attendance problems, but both teams want their own stadium. And the Olympico is always going to look kind of empty anyway. They ha they tarp off a lot of sections in the Olympico anyway. Unless it's the Derby, it 
the Olympico is rarely sold out, but a lot of the lower level teams, you know, don't really sell out unless they're playing a top six side. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happens in Serie A. Like if you'll have like Genoa playing like Parma or something, you know, like not a derby, it won't be sold out at all. Yeah. But I think like with us, like I've noticed this year, especially being a season ticket holder, like even last year when we I would go to games, I feel like most of the fans there are just season ticket holders. Like I feel like last year when they had like the the season cards, like where people walk around with like the season ticket card, I feel like everybody in that stadium had a card. Like I didn't see like people who were just casually, you know, going to one game. Yeah, and I mean you could say that that's a positive that there is a good base of core fans that are always going to be there or be there somewhat consistently. The biggest thing though, is getting people to the stadium that just want to come for a game here and there and have a consistent flow of that. I think marketing for Red Bull arena and for the Red Bulls has been okay. I think there could be more, uh, focus in the city in Manhattan in in the boroughs because I feel like the Jersey crowd they know about the Red Bulls but what could they do more of to get people into the stadium if you guys had a had to make a a solution or had to come up with something in a boardroom that's tough I don't know I think the idea that <laughs> they're talking about where just like remodeling the stadium and like getting just decreasing the capacity really isn't kind of from a fan's perspective what you want to see like oh let's make the stadium look more full by getting rid of seats like that's not the right perspective you should be doing well he he what he says is that they want to i guess create more fan friendly like concourses in a sense or you know that make the experience a little bit better, feel a little more united together. I, I guess that's a decent um, idea, maybe, but it seems costly and it seems like it's going to happen over time. So, you know, by the time renovations are done, could attendance be even worse that you're just going to be working to get back to where they currently are now? I don't know. Um. And that's going to be costly, right? And we have another article here. Christian Dyer, The Athletic, released an article talking about new facility that the Red Bulls are hoping to build will probably be in New Jersey, and it will replace the facility that they opened up not too long ago in Fairlawn, New Jersey? I believe so. I don't know my New Jersey geography too well. But it just seems as if it's not big enough. And with the added, you know, academy and USL team, it's just not really properly prepared to, to deal with the influx of players. And that's something that's very important. And we know that with the Red Bull's mantra of, you know, development and, you know, creating players to play for the first team. Do you think that this could really hamper the club moving forward as far as bringing players in? 
No, I don't think it'll happen for the club because the reputation speaks for itself and the past players you've brought in is, speaks for itself. I mean, <clears throat> you're not going to go to another academy just based on that, I feel like. so. And this has been an issue, I guess, that the academy has been putting out a couple players, you know, you know, a couple big players that we obviously know and we can see them in the first team. But it doesn't really seem like the volume that was once there is still coming through. Obviously, talk about the NYCFC Academy surpassing Red Bulls Academy uh, right now, as of right this moment. Um, I mean, do you think that that's a, like a potential problem that they may not be able to, I guess, put that product out on the field while they may have financial restrictions in getting these players. I think that's kind of a problem in a way because, I mean, we're in the New York metro area, so we shouldn't have any problem attracting players. Like, I, when we had uh, Joel Soria on, like, I made the point, like, you know, you're in San Jose. If you ask someone who plays in Europe where San Jose is in the U.S., they probably won't know. They'll probably just look at you and say, oh, it's where Steph Curry plays or something like that. But from our area, we shouldn't have a problem attracting players at all. And I think that the whole academy thing, it's like the Red Bull system. Like we're known for our academy and, you know, having so many homegrown players that have played with the first team and all this stuff. But some coaches don't even like you know, care about that. Like they just, you know, use the transfer window, use all this stuff. But I think at MLS, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to kind of do that. Like you kind of have to implement like homegrowns and, you know, use your academy to get players because you can't sign everybody from, you know, Europe or South America to fill out a roster, you know? And just if they even wanted to get a guy like that, it could be a problem with the expenditures that they're going to need to if they plan to do these stadium renovations and the new facility, I would just think. Um, so we're going to wrap this up, and then we're going to be back, and we're going to talk about the Minnesota game on Saturday. here to talk about the Minnesota game this weekend. We'll be at 7 o'clock at Red Bull Arena. Right now, Minnesota is two has two wins and two losses, and their wins came against Vancouver and San Jose. Uh, they lost to the Revolution, and last week, who did they lose to, guys? No, last week was the Revs. Last week was the Revs. Who was the week before that? Let's see, it was Galaxy. Galaxy, and that was a good game. They actually, oh, yeah, I remember that. They were actually in it. And before we're, you know, going to get into this segment, looking at their record right now, they're 11 3 and 20 last year, 71 goals against. They're not really the same team, and they look a lot better. I mean, they got an Italian goalkeeper now, so, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, former Arsenal. I mean, I, I think they'll be slightly better. Uh, they got Aiko Parra. Um, they made a couple other signings, so they didn't really lose anyone. So, I mean, I, I mean, they did. I mean, they didn't really lose anybody. That was too much of a impact to to the team. I guess they lose Ibsen, uh, Fernando, Bob, who really never made a. a really big impression on the team and sheesh I mean Johan Venegas but they bring in Osvaldo Alonso as well I mean that's a great addition and their biggest thing their biggest problem was conceding goals and I would think that Osvaldo Alonso still has a lot left in the tank they're kind of in like Orlando was like a couple like a year or two ago. Like they just want to win right now, make a make the playoffs. And it, I mean, I can't blame them because if you can do that and you open up Allianz Field, it's in a decent location in Minnesota. You know, it could provide a lot of excitement for the team and a lot of opportunities to further their brand in the city with that but I do think that they could be a playoff team do, do you remember if you picked them to be a playoff team Chris I don't think I did I think I picked them like eight or nine though like right outside yeah I think I had them right outside too and honestly like it's tough because if you look at them going forward they're just really one-dimensional it's Darwin Quintero and he's gonna create everything but it's just they don't have a Christian Martinez anymore. They don't have anyone who's you know is going to get them some goals. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they ever played together, right? No. Ramirez and the uh, And yeah. Quintero? Yeah. No, I think I think they did for like a very little bit. Because Quintero went in the summer and I feel like Ramirez went towards the end of the summer to um, LAFC. I forget, but yeah. Well, now Kevin Molino, he's probably not going to play this weekend. They said like he's trying to be back for the first game against NYCFC. Yeah. So that's kind of a boost. Cause... Oh yeah, and he's a good player. Yeah. He's just injury prone, but I think he's a he's a good player. But he was such a huge loss to them last year, and I think that they would have had a lot more results. And it's actually crazy if you, you know, just looking at the, their record, they only tied three times. So they either won games or they got, you know, or, or they probably lost by a goal or two. Or, I mean, obviously lost by a goal or two or three goals, <laughs> <laughs> giving up 71 <laughs> Giving up 71 on the year. I don't think that they're the same team this year. And with the Red Bulls playing the way that they're playing, do you think that we could have, uh, you know, Minnesota maybe even win here? Or it could be a tie? Yeah, they could definitely get a point. It's early on in the season. And then again, in MLS, you never know. So. And we're playing like shit, so. Honestly, I think that we will tie this game. Do you think there are going to be any changes? 
I think there will be. I just don't know which ones it'll be. And I mean, I find it hard for me to believe that there's a change, but I feel that there, uh, yeah, that he will make a change. But then again, it's like after the recent run we've been on, I feel like he has to make a change. I think the pressure is on Armis. Not like sacking him, but like, you know, we shouldn't be losing to Chicago and Orlando. So I think if there is a change, it's going to be Caceres for Shikovsky. Let's just say the Rebels do lose this game, right? They've played some of the, you know, looking back at last season, some of the worst teams in MLS. You you just said, like, it's the pressure's on. I mean, how much like, – I just feel like there's infinitely more pressure. I think I I made that point early in the season. I said, like, like this is literally, like, the beginning of May is, like, against L.A. And, like, we play Atlanta and L.A. in May. But, like, from March to April is Columbus, San Jose, Orlando, Chicago, Minnesota, New England, Cincinnati, and Sporting KC. Like, honestly, the only two out of those who relatively should be good games are KC and Columbus. Yeah. Like, we should win all those other games, and we're not. Yeah, and it is a problem. And I think it is kind of tough to just say, wait on it. You know, I know that this is, I, you know, I wrote in my articles, basically the same team that won Supporter Shield last year. But I think just teams know how to play against the Red Bulls not just in the playoffs, but just week to week now, they're kind of finding it out. And watching the Chicago uh, match day video, Matt Harmon was talking about, oh, Chicago, they're more of a possession-based team. They let the Red Bulls totally have the ball in this game, and look how it worked out. I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. It was pretty much the, it was the same thing against Orlando, and it was the same thing against San Jose. Just teams are electing to give the Red Bulls the ball and just not allow them to play their game. Um, I just it's tough because that's your identity. How do you change it? And there are a lot of guys that just kind of have like they're just mainstays in the lineup. What does it say if you kind of try to abandon it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not even about abandoning it. I just feel like once the Red Bulls get in the final third and they're looking to make that, you know, final killer pass, they just a lot of times the ball doesn't get through. The guys aren't on the same page. You know, God forbid the Red Bulls go down one nothing, and then they just go down the line and cross it every time. They just seem to abandon their play style and just go down the line and cross. They don't actually try to, you know, build – build up and and try to score goals that way. And some of these teams that aren't necessarily the best in MLS that the Rebels haven't played well against, as we've seen, they've made improvements, so they're not necessarily the same. I do think that this weekend, with Aiko Parra, I mean, they do have Boxall and Calvo who are decent, I think that if another, you know, result doesn't go the Red Bulls' way, you can't really, there can't be too dramatic of a reaction. But there does need to be questions. And I would think that Chris Armas would need to make changes if things don't go well. But enough with that. 
I think you guys already said tie. You guys are going for, for ties this weekend? Yeah, 1-1. One, one. We're not scoring yeah. more than one goal. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. You know, 2-1 win. Yeah, I'm going 2-1 win, too. I I just think they're, they have to do it. And they're at home. If it was a week later and they were at the stadium opening, maybe I say it might be 1-1 or even they lose, Minnesota might have the momentum. But, yeah, big game for the Red Bulls this weekend. And you guys have anything you want to get out there? No, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much driven at home. I mean, things aren't looking that great. All right, so we'll be back next week. Red Bulls 2 are playing this weekend as well, so we'll be reviewing both games, and then, of course, we'll look ahead to the next week after that. Thank you for listening, guys, and enjoy the game.